Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. Lots been going on the last couple of days, John, and last time we talked to everybody was right after the NBA draft. We hadn't gotten into the second round, uh, no matter. Oh, no, we did. That's right. Yeah, we did. We did, we, <laughs> we did have the drafting of Yam, but it uh, looks like he's going to be overseas at least for a year, so no factor. But uh, overall, pretty, pretty happy. I'm definitely happy with the Neesmith pick. Everybody's a little me on Peyton Pritchard, but since then, there's been two free agent veteran signings. Key word is veteran. Jeez. And then at the same time, Gordon the lead, made huh? a decision. Yeah. Holy right. cow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The big news is the Celtics have signed two veterans. That is pause, the big news. Pause. <laughs> pause. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Get ready, everybody. There was a time on the show where John and I just completely agreed with each other on everything. And yep, yep, yep. But lately, you may have noticed that he and I are not always sabbatico on everything that's been going on uh, in the Celtics world. We've definitely had more disagreements over the last, I'd say, 18 months, John. Sure. Even a little bit during the early, you know, I think it began earlier in the Kyrie stretch. The Kyrie thing. Yeah, because yeah. I was willing to buy in a little bit more. I was like, oh, you know, well, it's the media. It's I was wrong. What an idiot. <laughs> I was so wrong but about that. I'm trying to think of what I was wrong, and I know I've been wrong about something during this. It's stretch. okay. I just can't, you don't have but to that's just, feel better. Well, that's okay. just the – no, no, no. It's I'm fine. just saying that was the biggest one. That's why we remember it. That's the know, biggest of one. Of all the I mean, disagreements. Right. And, and not – okay. So everyone who's listening to this already knows what happened. Right. And and the biggest thing that people are talking about is, well, the Celtics have now lost three max contract players in the last John. three years and blah, blah, blah. And so that's the that's the big that's the big one. Right. That's what everyone is kind of amped wigging up about. Wigging out. Right. Wigging out. Let's oh. let's just this is my take. Just yep. and it's clean and it's Ooh. simple. I, like I do. I, I would love to get a uh, a trade player exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yeah, I'd, I'd love to get the exception out of negotiating something with Charlotte. Uh, at first, when I first heard the news, I was with everybody else frustrated because I thought, well, it would have been great to get Miles Turner and, you know, somebody else. I, I really would have been just happy John to Collins. get something. Yeah. I really wanted John Collins. Yeah. That was my number one. You know that. And, yeah. But it, it didn't look like it was headed that direction. Actually, even earlier, it looked like it was going to be Indiana or Charlotte there, you know, for the last maybe 24 hours of that. And But anyway, um, so I wanted to get something. I was way more enamored with John Collins than I was Miles Turner. But then you hear Charlotte and, oh, they're going to get nothing. But then the next thing you know is they sign Tristan Thompson and they get Jeff Teague. And everybody knows that they needed veteran presence. And Jeff Teague is 32, so it's not like the worst. It's not like he's an eight. It's not like he's 36 years old, which was my one concern with Paul Millsap, even though he's a serviceable veteran. But then you go and look at Tristan Thompson, and he's been in the league quite some time, and he's only 29. A two-year deal for the full mid-level exception is great. Gordon Hayward played minimal minutes for this team. So if you look at he's leaving, I get it. 
it's it, if he were healthy and we had been able to retain him or if we were able to trade him for something else that would make the team better than it is with Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague already on board. But if you just look at last year versus this year, the people who think that they're all of a sudden not going to be competitors, it's ludicrous. This team is as good as the team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals just a few months ago. Um or better as a result of this. And there's a couple of glaring weaknesses that have been filled. And when you add that to the fact that Kemba Walker is still going to have to be managed in terms of health, and really he had a couple of good games in the postseason, but it really was not hitting the three-pointers that he would normally hit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you start look, and Daniel Tice was injured. You start to look at it. This team is stronger than the one that went into, maybe not went into the bubble, but a couple of games into the bubble, this team is, uh, I should say, a couple of games into the playoffs in the bubble, this team is stronger than the team was last year. And it's the rebounding, it's better defense, it's better size, and they definitely have uh, somebody who can handle the ball so that they can manage Kemba Walker's minutes as they try to get him so that he can be 100% in the postseason this coming year. So I feel really good about it. I don't really know. There's only so many players and there's only so much salary. They just signed Jason Tatum to a max contract extension. Can you believe it? He's going to get paid $44.5 million if he picks up the option on the final year of this deal. That is ridiculous money they're already up against the hard cap and then gordon goes out and gets a 30 million a year deal i just don't see how the celtics were really going to be able to do a ton you know by adding players or really even adding more salary to the situation you and i talked just the other day how are they going to get marcus smart to come back right that's okay so that's it's starting at the start i mean that's the that's the main concern to me is that you know i'm I'm frustrated not getting assets back that at least then you have the option of what you do with them. You know, that's the problem, right? The opportunity uh, is now gone to make a choice for right to make a choice, to turn to, to flip them into picks, to flip them into assets that, you know, less expensive players or whatever. I mean, you're, that's now gone. Presuming you can't get the traded player exception. So there may be a way that, that the Celtics, and the Hornets are able to come together. You know that certainly the Celtics helped out the Hornets a year ago when, when uh, you know they wanted to uh, to keep uh, or get something, I should say, for Kemba Walker. Uh, the Celtics were, were able to facilitate that sign and trade. It all worked out. Everybody's hunky dory. I would hope that that similarly they could work something out this year. We'll see. Uh, so you know, the issue is you know you, you lose whatever it is you were going to gain. The problem was is that there wasn't a $34 million hole, right? I mean, in a day of retrospect, right? Very, like you said, very angry at the moment, frustrated. But when you when you come back, um, you know, from that, the problem is is like there wasn't a $34 million hole. You weren't going to get $34 million a year from now and spend that. It just wasn't going to happen. So there was going to have to be some shedding of salary because of the Tatum contract. Uh, and, and, and so I, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, okay, so there's, you can't be as disappointed because what you were going to get 
in an ideal world was never going to be fully realized in two years. Now you would have been more, you probably wouldn't be more competitive next year, but you weren't going to sign a mid-level exception probably guy if, if you had done the deal. So, you know, you know, is Tristan Thompson better than, uh, you know, Miles Turner and Dougie McBuckets? Probably not, but that was, that was an option. It's just not having the opportunity kind of sucks. Um, it sucks to see the guys walk out. You got to now compete, Com, you know, combat that narrative if you're Danny Ainge. I don't think it's it really is something they have to worry about. Truthfully, I don't think the people across the league are worried about it. But it people puts are going to forget about it the minute they, they start competing again. I mean, just look at how strong this team was with Hayward out, Kemba on a bulky knee, and Tice battling injury. We didn't know Tice was battling injury, but just look at how well they competed considering that. And I know it was a disappointing end, and I know a lot of us are frustrated with the fact that the, the Toronto series got yep. extended and the fact that Brad Stevens and the team couldn't find a way to counter with Miami. But let's face it, the team's better. The team is better than that team. Now, they are going to have to still stay healthy. They're still going to have to mesh, and there's going to have to be chemistry. But if you're taking Gordon Hayward off of this club, who was already off, so it's kind of a non-factor for the postseason, and you're going to insert a better, bigger rebounding center, and Tice comes off the bench, that's an excellent bench guy. And you can still do weird lineups where Grant Williams is playing power forward and is out there with Tristan Thompson. There's a lot of different things that they can do that they could not do last year. And even Jeff Teague is going to give them the flexibility to do some interesting things with Marcus Smart, too. I think, um, yeah, their floor is higher. I don't know if their ceiling is higher. I think you don't that's, think their ceiling's higher with Thompson I, versus an unhealthy Tice? Yeah, well, I, no, well, I think that, well, unhealthy Tice is, I mean, you know, he's going to be healthy, you know, going into next year. You're hoping, you know, that you're going to get a healthy Kemba Walker. But just to the basis of those two guys, you know, the, the, the two pickups, Teague and Thompson, compared to to Hayward, I think your floor is higher because I think you can count on those guys to be able to play, you know, 72 games plus playoffs. You could not count on Gordon Hayward to put in that same amount. And and I I don't mean to be credit. I, I think that's I don't think that's unfair. I think that's just fact. We've had three playoff seasons with Gordon Hayward as a Celtic. And he's played a grand total of like six games. I, I, yeah, I not disparaging. That's Gordon. the problem. Yep, yep that's, that's the problem. problem. Bottom we line, I mean, value. that's right. That's not like oh, Gordon Hayward sucks, and you know it, it's a sports radio I thing, mean, all this. It's that when the games mattered most, he wasn't there, and and the most important ability is availability, and the fact that he wasn't available, and and credit to him for trying to gut it out. I'm I'm not, you know, he, hey. You missed the birth of your son to go play, and 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 knowing you were limited, knowing you weren't going to be able Nobody to give up. Nobody should that. be mad at Gordon right. Hayward for two things: not being able to play, not his right. fault, not being a baby, fought hard to come back, and nobody should be mad at Gordon Hayward for taking thirty million a year after three wasted seasons in Boston, yeah. right? If you can go get thirty million after what you just described, six games that mattered. If you can get $30 million a year on the heels of that, you're going to go get it. Want to know why? Because it's his only chance. 
It's his only chance to go get it. The Celtics would have been crazy to do it. Indiana flat out said we're not that crazy, and he'd already bought a house there. He'd already said it was his preferred destination, and they weren't going to match that money, an extra $20 million that Charlotte put on the table. It's mad money. And I can't remember. I've seen a lot of people say it, but I can't remember who I saw say it first on Twitter. But they wouldn't pay Kemba Walker, but they'll pay Gordon Hayward. That's insane. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, in a way, I get it. Kemba Walker is a 30-year-old point guard with a – with a questionable knee, and you know you get a six-eight guy who can do a little bit more. But you didn't have Kevin a Walker until he came to us, though. Well, I well, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's some argument that they knew, and that's why they were willing to let him go. But the other part of it is he was the franchise. I mean, he was the guy. You know, he was Isaiah Thomas in Charlotte. He was everything for that franchise, and they just let him walk, presumably healthy or reasonably healthy. And then a year later, you're going to give almost the same amount of money to the guy who played even fewer games the last three years. Nah, that doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. It's and weird think about how close Danny got to Jeru holiday, which would have really solidified that position for us. If he had been able to get that pick and move up, Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague, would still be out there at the exact same dollars. Cause well, I guess I it was they Gordon Hay- now they're going to move Gordon Hayward, right? They're going to move Gordon, right. not, and not Kemba. That's right. right. Yeah, I I think that that's I I think we're gonna come to the no. I'm actually happier where we're at. Yeah, I, well, I'm saying I don't think at. that was as real as it, they, it was sounding. I think I think Ainge, Ainge was trying, but my guess is that he wasn't getting a whole lot of traction from Bartlestein on that because that would have had to mean that Gordon wanted to go to Atlanta or wanted to go to um you know New Orleans, and I. I just didn't see that, you know, unless there was somehow Indiana was looped into it. And it just seemed that was a far-fetched thing to me. But yeah. um, it would have been nice. It would have been nice. Drew would have been nice here. But like you said, I like where we are. I like the depth. Uh, I like the fact that, like I said, we're going to be able to count on those two guys providing what they provide. Do they have as high a ceiling as what Gordon Hayward can do on his best day? No, neither one is going to be an all-star this year. They're not going to be close to it. But in terms of where the team is going, and we've talked about this a lot, that this is a team they built around Gordon picks. Hayward, not not around Gordon Hayward, not around okay. Kevin Walker. Right. It's built around where's Jason Tatum, the new $195 million man, and what Jalen Brown and what those two guys can do over the next three, four, well, the next four years. That's what it's about. And so the pieces ought to fit around them. And yes, Kemba Walker can be part of that. A healthy Kemba Walker makes their job easier. But everything needs to be in service to what those two guys, Jason and Jalen, are doing. That's what that's where we are. And I have yep. no problem with that whatsoever. I don't either. It was time that they let those two emerge. And, you know, it's part of the conflict that's been happening over the last few years in general with some of the other stars. They need role playing veterans who service who who serve a need in the rotation or fill a hole. And that definitely happened with these two acquisitions and and they got Tiga for a deal. I mean, I'm not saying that he's worth more than that, but I think he's going to give more than that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I understand what his value was out on the market. And I don't think he took a sweetheart deal, but the guy has run an offense. He's done it. And when they need him to do it in spot minutes, they need him to do it off the bench, facilitate. It lets them move Marcus Smart into the starting lineup and hopefully cover for some of the defensive woes of Kemba Walker. Um, and I'm not saying that Jalen Brown couldn't do that, but 
there's just a different level of tenacity. Plus, the ball doesn't have to be in Walker's hands every play. So even when he's out there, it's not necessarily going to be as much pounding on him. He can move a little more off the ball. Uh, and and I just think it's I think it's going to be a better situation uh, for the depth at that guard position significantly, even for the bench and the and the way that the bench gels. It'll be a much more fluid, and I know this is part of the reason they got Peyton Pritchard too, but it'll be a much more fluid rotation with Kemba and Smart and T going from that starting lineup to the bench and back because they're going to have three guys that can orchestrate the offense when they do that. And last year it was always this like, okay, well, once Kemba goes to the bench, if Smart's going to be in the starting lineup do they overlap a little bit and what we really need is you know uh, gordon hayward to facilitate the offense like how many times did they end up doing that they just didn't have the ball handler who could set up the offense quite the way they wanted to when they were transitioning in and out of the bench rotations that part is locked down now provided they're healthy and they always had a rebounder and and a scanner but he couldn't play defense and he was, you know, great on offense and the putbacks. But then you had Tice, who was a little undersized, and they always suffered rebounding. And I feel like Tristan Thompson really handles by playing adequate to above average defense, is an excellent rebounder. And the only real gaping hole for him is that he can't shoot the three. But none of their other solutions were shooting the three either. Not Canner, not I mean Tice had a couple, but he's not really a threat. They left him wide open all season long and in the postseason. He was free to shoot those. Uh there wasn't a single big man other than Grant Williams who was knocking down threes. And remember how Grant started the year? It was so awesome to see him knocking <laughs> knocking down beyond the arc in the postseason. But he's still better at power forward and not center. Yeah, no, I, well, I, I think he can play small ball five. I think there's a way to do that. I mean, Just not to close out games. I don't see I don't it. They, I think I they've got to protect the rim better. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but I I, was, I think there are times when actually it, you'd rather somebody was switchable in that case. But you've got options now. That's that's the beautiful part. I, you know, the idea, what did Cantor bring you? Cantor brought you post, post offense and offensive rebounding. Great, important, good stuff, helpful, but far more negative when you look at both ends of the court. I would much rather have a zero on offense and a defensive anchor like like uh, what Tristan Thompson can do. I mean, he can be a rim runner. He can set hard screens. He can get guys open. And frankly, for when you got Aaron Neesmith, you know, you, you're going to have a screen setter right there who can get you open. I mean, there's there's going to be opportunities. This, this team... I think uh, we're going to see a lot of different starting lineups between Kemba Walker needing to take nights off or having some stretches to get healthy and Marcus Smart potentially waffling in and out of that starting lineup. And there's already an interesting debate about whether or not Neesmith should start um, just because they're looking for role players and more guys to space the floor. That would definitely open things up for Brown and Tatum, Tatum to attack a little bit more. Plus, if you are going to have Thompson in the starting lineup. But then there's also a rotation where it's Kemba Walker, Jalen, Tatum, Grant Williams, and Tristan Thompson. Like I think we're going to see during the regular season a pretty variable starting lineup. You're going to have like three or four sixth men. <laughs> <laughs> that are going to depend on matchups. Yeah, and and remember with Tice, Tice getting his knee done or cleaned up or whatever it is, I haven't heard anything about him being 
you know, slowed to return. I suspect he should be okay because uh, it'll be. Is that almost... just like a free bodies kind of thing? Like he had some yeah. injuries and they sucked him out. Yeah, I mean, because he had his meniscus done, uh, I think, two years ago. Um, no, before last year, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, I, no, it was two years ago. It was two years ago he had, had his meniscus done. So I think, you know, they, you know, they always got to go back. This was like see. the Kyrie cleanup. I guess, yeah. Oh, there, there wasn't any, like, things that are infecting his body or whatever the hell that was. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it could slow him down. Though, to you start. know the saying, fool me once, shame on yeah. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> They're like, Tice, I, you're going you're gonna to go get that cleaned up, buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Well, but I hope I, there's, I mean, talking about the big man rotation, and we're going to, we'll be talking about this for, you know, the next month. But, you know, the thing that I look at is you got three guys who are very different in Time Lord and Tice and uh, in Tristan Thompson. And, I hope that Tice is working on his shooting. If he has an opportunity, if he is able to play, I hope he can get some confidence back in that three-point shot because he did have, you know, it was a weapon for him, particularly his first season, uh, rough shooting season this year. But but he's had more luck in the past than that. If he can get that somewhat regularly working for him, um, he, he could have a pretty nice payday next summer. So, you know, that's a big thing for him. I think if he is hurt, though, that means Time Lord is going to be thrust into a opportunity. Uh, and I and he could I think take... Thompson could rub off on uh, Bob Williams pretty heavily. Remember, that was the whole conversation around Al Horford and him. Yeah. And, you know, Not it was enough. he was just too young. Yeah, but he was too young when when I Al. He's just trying right. to suck up as much as he could. Yeah, well, there's... This, this is a situation where I think the Celtics have to really find out what they have with him before the trade deadline. You know. Yeah, because... especially especially if if they get the TPE, if they and they work that out with Charlotte, because right. he'll be a major piece of that. I would hope so. Yeah, I, absolutely. So you know, I mean, that's a. I, I think that they've they've got a good a good. A good big man rotation. I'm happier with their big man rotation than I was at any point last season already. I mean, that's a that's a big relief. Now that's only one spot on the floor, and now you've taken out a, a wing who played a lot of minutes for you. I think we saw in the playoffs that Marcus Smart is ready for a larger role. I think that's good. Uh, we certainly know that Tatum is ready to be much more of a facilitator. Uh, decision maker out there. I think Jalen has broadened his offensive game, so he's much more of a of a dribble drive and a, and a, a an offensive threat on, on, in the half court on top of his devastating full court game. Um, but he's also and, clutch. Can we just can we also sure. just acknowledge that yeah. he doesn't seem to wilt under the pressure piece? That is something that they've been looking for, and that's where. You know, he hit a bunch, but he's not a focal point with that. I will also add, you know, but he never seems to wilt under the pressure. That's what they really needed in the postseason from Kemba Walker that he wasn't able to provide. And I don't know if he just didn't have enough lift. We talked about it a lot, but that three point shot was just off by a hair for Kemba over and over. And it really put him in a spot several times. And I think. You know, were he to be 100% healthy, he would have been hitting those clutch shots. But to your point, this is where we really need Jalen to be, you know, 1B in terms of being able to take over a game and hit that clutch shot because Tatum's hit him too. But look at the way he that needs the, a lot once of work he's hot, on that, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's a. I, I think that that it, to me is the single biggest focus for the Celtics going into the season is is trying to get Jason Tatum into a position where he knows when to go, when not to go, his decision making as the lead guy, the big dog on an NBA level. I think that's the that's the thing that he when, has takeover ability, but the sure. team's all adjusted on him. And this one of throwing the whole bag at yeah. him. And even though he was figuring out how to facilitate getting the ball out of his hands, yeah. the rest of the offense didn't move quick enough because he waited just a little bit too long. And, um, and, and another player has to emerge from that, um, so this, that they can get the pressure back off of him. You know, the other thing I'd say too is for this is the most important thing going into the season, the 21 season. The other thing I'd say is that's the type of thing too that for, a player that has a short off season, this isn't about skills. This isn't about like, I mean, there's skills to work on no doubt, but this is the type of thing where two months away from the game and going to the gym for two months that it's, it's a mental thing, probably more so in, in a film watching thing than a thing that you go and, and spend four months working on. It's really much more something that you can fix in a two month and then go back and, and try it out. So yeah, in a surreal. way, yeah, in a way, I think it, it benefits him to have the short turnaround um, because there didn't seem to be many health issues for him, the bulky, the ankle stuff. But I think that that's actually well suited for for his return, um, and and Jalen to be able to build off what he was doing as well. So don't forget that asterisk you just mentioned: this short turnaround, and older yeah. players, injuries. Those late that Laker team. Yep. They they look dominant. I'm going to tell you, though, there could be a serious letdown. We'll have to see. But well, the end, how many of them are gone? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll the whole we'll, bench we'll come, is gone now. We'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. That's a great point. So NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings and a few dropping pretty hard, too. I'm looking at you, the Ravens. And you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else online. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Go to BetOnline.ag. So, two things: we can talk about the Lakers, but. You know, our buddy Sam Sheehan and several others are a little concerned about wing depth. So I think we have to talk about, you know, Romeo and Neesmith. And if you did bring in somebody else, you know, how does that work? And obviously they did bring back Ojale. And with Teague, I feel like you can get some of those wing minutes serviced by Marcus Smart. I mean, he could play all the way up to power forward, honestly. But which one do you want to start with? You want to dive into the... The Lakers' uh, <laughs> lack of depth or or lost depth. I mean, they did get what they did get Montrez Harrell though, didn't they? Oh, they oh, yeah, no, the Lakers there. did fine. I, I I'm just really more uh, talking about the fact that they they've they've really kind of changed up everything and oh, everything. that bench, that elderly bench is 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 largely gone now. But um, yeah, let's talk about wing depth because I think that's the. I think that is probably the the weakness now of the team, which is kind of ironic because the two best players play <laughs> are on the wing, uh, and and probably if they can uh, get enough adequate uh, performances from 
those wing players, um, you know, if, if Romeo can be even close to re, you know league average, if Neesmith can can hit a couple threes a game, uh, they're going to get more than they need from from that position. So it's it's probably the the lowest floor, highest ceiling op- opportunity for the Celtics. But damn, I mean, it's yeah, it's a different position than it was, uh, you know, two weeks ago, I guess. So I mean. Do you really feel like they need to get wing depth, or do you feel like because they have two young players in Langford and Neesmith, like even if they went out and got wing depth, isn't it just going to stunt the development and growth of one of those players? Like that's my biggest concern with that take. I almost feel like if you're going to do it, you get the TPE, you package Langford, and you go get somebody because otherwise you're just stunting the development of two players that I think have a lot of potential that were drafted you know what, on the fringe of the lottery? Where was Langford? Was he 13? 14, yeah. He was 14. Oh, he was 14, too. So they're both yeah. picked at 14, and what's that's the last pick of the lottery, right? So right. Right. they're both picked, the very last pick of the lottery. They're, they both, I mean, Langford dropped because of, of health, right, injury, yeah. and Neesmith missed, missed a bunch of games. They might have fallen for the exact same reason. One's more of a slashing wing and showed major defensive promise last year. The other one is a, a sweet shooter who also has the length to be an excellent defender, and we'll just have to see, even if they're a decent or above-average defender in college, it's just a whole different game in the pros. But you've got to spend time developing those two players, and especially when you have two to develop, Unless you're going to put one of them into a package and trade away for a veteran, I almost don't see the point in bringing in, you know, unless you're bringing in a real aging veteran wing that's like an insurance policy, but you're not expecting them to get minutes in the rotation. Am I looking at this wrong? Well, I mean, taking the first thing, I, I, I think that there's you're, – you're right. The, the problem <laughs> – the problem is, first, we don't know what we have with Romeo to start the season, right? I mean, if you just have Neesmith on there, you're jumping right to, to Javante Green. And and Javante was promising. I mean, you know, he had good moments, not enough good moments, not consistently good moments, but he had good moments. Uh, I To me, like, the, okay, here's the thing with when I look at the, the veterans situation. I think that that the the team needed veterans. I didn't know necessarily they needed veterans who could jump ahead into the rotation. You know, I think the value like the like Udonis Haslam had a value that uh, Andre Godala had, although although he actually played quite um, quite well. Um, I, I think that that was it was necessary to have those people in the ear and in the huddle. I didn't know necessarily they were important to play. But if as long as they're not getting in the way of the minutes, and I agree, I think we need to see what Romeo can do in year two. We need to see what Neesmith can do. This team, where we are at this point, is how far the Romeos, the Neesmiths, the Grant Williamses, the, how far those guys proceed as players is going to tell us everything about what this team's championships aspirations are. I mean, because that's that's where this team has to be. Because if those if those those picks hit. You know, and I'm not saying they need to be like a Clay and a Draymond were in that famous Golden State draft, but they got to hit to be competent, above average players to where they can they can make teams pay for over overdoing their attention to Jason Tam, overdoing their attention to Jalen Brown. That's what they need. So that so anything that is in service of those three guys, uh, Neesmith, 
Romeo and Grant playing um, is good. Anything that stands in the way of it, I'm not in favor of it. So, you know, so it, what if you did something like tough. this? Let, yeah. Let's say you get the trade player, uh, traded player exception. I keep forgetting the D on the end of trade. Traded player exception, right? And then maybe you package a Langford with that and go get a player like J.J. Redick. Maybe even throw in, you know, a future late round pick. I mean, is that? Is that a move that you would prefer to do and then just commit to either Neesmith or Langford that way in terms of additional development and just solidifying that top end of the rotation? Because like a Reddick could come off the bench and that'd be fine, right? He's not going to be he's, he's not going to be upset not being in the starting lineup. And yet there are times where he could go into the starting lineup. But but for the most part, he's never going to be in the starting lineup. Um, and he's also a little bit smaller, so maybe you don't even consider him a wing, but he's not that much smaller than Langford, right? How how tall is Langford? Yeah. Six five? Six six? Uh, I think he's six six, six seven. So Okay, so I mean, they're he's bigger. got legit size, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're both both Neesmith and him are bigger than a Reddick. But that would add more shooting to the club. I and again, I you know, is he hundred percent available? I think I think you could get JJ Reddick in trading to the Pelicans some youth potentially. Um, but is that the kind of a deal that you want to make or do you see what I'm getting at? Like, do you want to get a veteran that you know can hit down big shots? I don't, I don't. Cause I, I want to give every opportunity I can to have Neesmith and, and Romeo and, uh, Grant, you know, establish themselves, you know? So you'd rather sit back and just say, if it's not working or it's a disaster or maybe even next summer, fill that and really just right. let this season play out on the wing depth rotation development. Right. Right. So let's, so let's, let's just, let's just do this, right? Let's make a 10 man rotation, right? So assuming everyone's healthy, right? So we'll talk Kemba and we'll have smart and we'll have, we're just gonna, I'm going to start smart for now. Jalen, Jason and Tice, right? So then your bench would be Tristan Thompson. I'm going to say Grant Williams. I'm going to say Romeo Neesmith. And at probably where we are right Teague. now, T, right? So yeah. to me, that's your bench. That's a great right? top 10, I think. I, I, there's a I'd lot of versatility. Yes. Right? I'd like to see that. I'd like to see, I mean, now, the problem is, is you've got three guys, three young guys who haven't shown anything to anybody. Teague has not been a great defender, okay? And you've got three young guys anchoring that bench. But, but. What I mean, <laughs> when you get to May and you get to the playoffs, yeah, you might you might get how much further are you going to get by having, let's say, J.J. Redick, you know, a great shooter, a Duke guy can't go wrong there. Uh, <laughs> how long? How many? How many more rounds are you going to go? Because those guys didn't get the playoff experience, didn't fail or succeed, and have that to build on, and you got a little bit further with J.J. Redick. See, to me, the long term is you go as far as you can with what you have. And and the other thing I'd say is Brad Stevens has shown a proclivity to play veterans. And so if you give him somebody like a J.J. Redick, he's going to play the hell out of J.J. Redick. And you're, those those young guys are not going to see you know, the court. That's uh, just not going to happen. So to me, that's the place to go. If you can get a legitimate guy, like the Bogdanovich thing, if Bogdanovich didn't sign that tender – um, you know, the the free agent tender um with Atlanta, 
that would have been something I'd look at because he's still youngish. He's 28. He's in his prime. Uh, and, you know, he had some of those. Yeah, you could try to do a that deal that's going to be two, three, four years, not worry about his age, and you know the team is building together around that piece. I know what you're saying. J.J. Yeah. Redick, yeah. Okay, so I'm with you 100%. I've been hearing the wing thing, and I've been kind of like, man. And so, so here's the final part of that conversation then. If you don't want to go and get a veteran – who is going to challenge for minutes mm-hmm. and they've already signed, you know, I think they've already done green and Ojale, right? Like I, they, they locked that up. That's done. Right. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I mean, Ojale I is, I thought, he, well, they, they gear, I think they guaranteed his money, uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah. I'm not sure about green. I honestly, that, that, those details have kind of escaped me. I think there was a Green's de- uh, date was today. I can't 100% be sure about that, but I don't see why they wouldn't at this point, truthfully. You know, their ability to, like, re-sign guys is limited, and, you know, having one more guy that's been in the system another year, I, I could see Javante getting some minutes, so why not? But I right? just mean, is there is there a wing out there who wouldn't really challenge the rookies but might have a little more experience under their belt than an Ojale or a green that you could put onto this club and wouldn't necessarily, I'm like, I'm looking at all of the, the players that are still available right now, right. you know, like that you could get for a veteran minimum because that's what they'd pay him at this point. Right. So uh, Shaquille Harrison was a guy that a lot of people were kind of had their eyes up. Um, he was on, you know, the athletic did a thing where potential kind of un, un, underground signings the Celtics could be looking at. Um, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he's not going to set the world on fire, but a little bit, a little bit better, higher profile perhaps than a than a Javante Green. I can't imagine he's going to be a veterans minimum guy, um, but he got non-tendered from from the Bulls, so he might be an option. I mean, he's kind of a, you know guard he's a 6-4 guard so you know you'd be kind of like combo guardish type stuff um i think he'd be a nice fit we have so many guards though like you need somebody with decent size i think like I, a ronde hollis jefferson but you probably couldn't get him for the vet minimum that's the thing but maybe you could i mean he's you're gonna get opportunities to play that's he's still thing. young too i don't even think he's 26 years old yet but i feel like he's got right a, a lot now is that a player that ends up starting or getting minutes over Langford and well and again if he's only 26 what does it matter right that's kind of the same conversation I mean not as good but that's the same kind of conversation you were having before as long as it's a younger ish player right but I mean that's somebody I I'd look at a, I'd look at somebody like that if we could get him for a veteran minimum I guess we have to kind of see how it how the money all plays out here but yeah, but I think you're right. I mean, I think if you looked at, at you know, I, to me, like those those kind of wing guys, the small forwards that that have you know low, limited upside. You know, I, you know, I think that's, I think somebody who's been around the block, like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, you know, I always kind of you know Michael Kidd Gilchrist can't shoot. Uh, at all, but he's, you know, he's somebody who had a great deal of potential at one point. Uh, Glenn Robinson's still out there. Um, 
you know, and of course some of these guys are going to get signed and they're going to get, you know, bigger money. Uh, Bellinelli's out there. If you're looking for a pure shooter, um, you know, I don't think Burks is signed yet. Maybe he has. Um, but anyway, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, I think that there's, there's guys that, that they could, they could bring in Wayne Ellington's another one. That's kind of on that same kind of level. Um, I just, I, I, I'm kind of at a point where it does. I don't think it makes or breaks the, the off season if they don't get it. But I also know that this is a team that's, that's done so well uh, spreading the floor and using wing depth as their kind of counterbalance to teams with more traditional lineups. Now they have better. And do centers, you really but... want to lose Ojale when you know that coming off the bench, he can give you some strong defensive minutes against, um, um, oh my God, Giannis. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice little tool, True. right? True. If that's the only thing he does next year in the regular season, in the postseason, is just I mean, because Giannis plays like nearly every minute of the game. Mm-hmm. And whoever has to defend him gets tired every time, and he just wears him down and wears him down. And it's like you almost don't want to lose Ojale just for the fact that you know he can come in, even if he just gives whoever is playing him. I, it'll be a combination, you know. And Giannis gets double teamed a lot, and, and I guess Tatum picks up a decent amount of that. I know Jalen's picked up some. Probably Tristan Thompson will get some. And you know, at the end of the day. Some they're all going to need a rest, and that's a good little piece. So then, it's really Javante Green that you'd be taking out and plugging in some other veteran, which wouldn't. I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm not trying to be down on Javante Green because he's a heck of an athlete. Yeah, sure. But, sure. But I don't see why you, if you could upgrade wing depth at that position with somebody who's got a few more years under their belt and. Has had more. What I like is, I honestly, what I like for a vet is I like somebody who's played a lot of minutes but just hasn't quite been able to find their way and probably won't get locked into the rotation, but they've played. You know, that's why I think of somebody like Hollis Jefferson. Like, I know he's gotten a decent amount of minutes in his career already. He's young, but he's played a good amount of minutes. And and Javante Green really hasn't, and that's the that's the problem for me on that deeper bench guy is you want somebody who's played at some point twenty minutes on a night in and a night out basis for a good solid stretch, and and that would be an upgrade for me. But like you said, it wouldn't make or break the off season. You wouldn't want them leapfrogging Neesmith or Langford because otherwise, why have those two, you know, in, at that spot in the depth chart if you're not planning on doing the same thing with them, giving them right. that. You know, fifteen to twenty minutes a night, and see what they got. That's right. Yeah, and I think that that's <laughs> that may feel awfully um, rough at times. I think there's going to be you know situations where we'll sit there and be like, "What the hell? Who is out there right now? What are we doing?" Um, you know, and there's going to be moments where it's it's going to be hard to watch and 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 stomach. But frankly, like that's those are the growing pains you got to go through. You know, I mean, there's no way Tony Allen is a is a competent bench player for those those 08, 09, 10 Celtics if he doesn't go through some growing pains in that horrendous 07 season and 06 and 05. You know, you gotta you gotta work through that stuff. Uh, and and I think we've seen I believe we've seen stuff from Romeo Langford that shows me that he's got 
skills and he's got ability to the point where it's worth paying attention to. You know, I think I think it's worth uh, you know it's worth make, trying to to make that look. We don't know what we have with Neesmith, but if he can shoot a little bit and can can do something that that the James Youngs and the and the R.J. Hunters couldn't do, then damn it, we got to try. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's just, we got to do it. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, to me, like, that's throwing these guys to the to the wolves, I suppose, and trying to make it work. Um, we haven't even talked about Peyton Pritchard and what, what that means for him. But, you know, he's, he's another shooter. I mean, he's going to have his opportunities, I think, as well to play this year. So I, I just, I would love to have seen more from Carson Edwards. I would feel a whole lot better about going into this if we had another couple of guys that might be on the cusp of something. I think really going into it, Grant Williams was really the only guy. Grant and Rob are really the only two guys that really showed any consistent promise. Yeah. Um, and Romeo was too hurt, you know. But um, there's something there. It's just you got to force <laughs> – this is going you back to the play the too. play the kids doc. That's yep. that's the old line we had back in the day. Bring up play Big the kids. Baby Davis and Leon Poe and yeah, they all had a role, and and that's really what you got to figure out is like Neesmith. We keep hearing about ninety one out of one hundred three pointers in the gym, yeah. but, but which is phenomenal and on its own, but he's still got to hit these shots in an NBA game. Yeah. And and that's the part is like, do they have the clutch? Do they have the drive? Do they have not what Terry Rozier has shown in Charlotte, but what Terry showed us when he had an opportunity to play in the postseason when the Celtics were decimated with injuries? That's that's what you're going to need. You know, we kept talking about playoff Terry, scary Terry. And, you know, does it bear night in and night out? No, maybe not right now in Charlotte. But you definitely, if if you go back and look at what he did when he was surrounded and he didn't have to necessarily direct the offense and they had all that talent and they were coming up together, that's what you need. You need to figure out if these two young guys at this wing position and maybe even Peyton Pritchard at guard are have what it takes to really do it at the NBA level. I'll tell you this, you know, when you read everything about Pritchard, he's got a lot of fight. He's got a little bit of Danny Ainge in him. Yep. But the but the thing is, is if he's out there, even though he's a shooter, he's going to get open looks. When you look at everybody else he'd be sharing the floor with, he's going to get open looks. So it comes down to the thing that we didn't see Carson Edwards do, which is great shooter, has it. Even in the summer league, we were like, wow, he could really light it up. But all of a sudden, with the speed and the pace of the game and not being able to have the ball like and fire, fire, fire constantly the way Carson Edwards did in summer league, all of a sudden coming in cold, some of the guys don't have it. I don't think Carson Edwards has it. I'm not even sure Tremont has it, and I love Tremont, and he was lighting it up for the Red Claws and uh, was fantastic. But then you come up to the parent club, and the shots just aren't going down for one reason or another. That, that's Langford showed us, though. He had a big shot in the postseason before he went down with the injury. You know, I think he's got a little bit of that Terry Rozier in him. If Neesmith can knock it down, even if Pritchard only gets five minutes a night, if when he's out there on the floor and they leave him wide open, as long as the shot goes down, you know, he's got value. And that's yeah. what they have to figure out from all of these cats. I Yeah, and I and I think I just want to – you, you I, I want to talk a little bit more about that because I think – we there was numerous numerous times in the playoffs, and we you know we're old, 
this is so old man, you know, basketball stuff. I'm I'm gonna say right now, but like <laughs> John was a kid. Yeah, right. I, but like, this is a team that needs a little bit of fight in it. It needs a little bit of grime, a little bit of like, I'm gonna Jimmy do Butler. what I need to do. Yeah. And Marcus Smart, too. I mean, the problem was is Marcus Smart's the only guy being like Marcus Smart. There wasn't enough dirt and not enough grime, not enough fit, not, not enough fight in them. It's not who Jason Tatum is. Jalen Brown is, is, is tough, but he's not going to do the dirty work the way that you need some guys who are at the lower end of your of your roster need to do to, to fit in. And that's, I think, something that Peyton Pritchard is is needed to provide and that's not a always oh, a white guy and so he's the grimy one and dirt doggy blah 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 but like quite frankly this team needs that it needs more marcus smarts it needs more peyton pritchards who are gonna dig that stuff out part of the reason we love those early brad stevens teams is because those teams had that fight in them and this team does did not have the last year's team i should say didn't have, have that to the same degree and yeah, the i'm hopeful, Crowders, the isaiah absolutely. thomas the, yeah you're right you know and that's something that you know as we kind of stratify the, the team a little bit more no we're not gonna we're not gonna expect jason and jalen to you know throw down but you know what we need guys who are gonna gonna get under the other team's skin it's not just Marcus Smart's job. It's much broader than that. So, I, th- I you know, they got to do more. But I, I like I, – I think we're – as you said, I think we're well, you know, situated um, for, for what's to come. So, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful, and let's see what this traded player exception can, uh, can turn into. Yep, fingers crossed. That deal dragging out the way it is, it seems like it's inevitable. Something will get done. Otherwise, Charlotte would have just made the announcement and moved on, and they haven't. And it's Sunday night as we record this. I feel really good that there will be some sort of a move that will bring back the TPE, baby. That's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can subscribe to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. We'd certainly appreciate a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in again, once again. I know we only had a short break. Not sure exactly when John and I will be back, but it'll definitely be sometime next week, and we really aren't too far away from training camps open up and really just almost exactly a month out before the season starts if you can believe it and and there'll be scrimmages too so we're 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 like probably we don't even know what the what the schedule is yeah two weeks away from watching away from watching how crazy is that oh it's amazing that I like the pace of this one. I don't know that the players will, but I absolutely love not going through a long off season, and we definitely paid the price for it. And it uh, looks like the holidays are going to be kind of uh, alone and around the house, so it's going to be pretty nice to have some basketball to carry us through that as well. So as, as uh, just want to, on behalf of, of uh, Nick Gelso, founder of CLNS Media, my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's episode episode of Celtic Stuff Live.